0: Welcome to the podcast of Central Church. This is our latest weekly
1: message. Today, um, the idea as well is to look back at one of the talks from the month and kind of um, unpack it a little bit more. So tonight, that is Kara's sermon from last week, which was um, "Ask, Seek, Knock." So we might start off by reading out the passage again. So, do you want to bring that up, Dan? And who wants to read it out from the floor?
2: better off than
0: <laughs> ask and it will be given to you seek and you will find knock and the door will be opened to you for everyone who asks receives he who seeks finds and to him who knocks the door will be opened which of you if his son asked for bread will give him a stone Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake. So if you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? In everything, then, do to others as you would have them do to
1: you. For this is the essence of the Law and the Prophets. So if you weren't here last week, I'm just going to recap a little bit about what um, Kara spoke to us about last week. So this is obviously the passage that we did. um, And they sound like really wonderful words, right? Ask and you'll receive, seek and you'll find, knock and the door will be opened. But what Kara brought to us was basically a paradox. right? So the paradox of Jesus speaking these really lovely words of us receiving from him but that our lived experience is actually quite different at times. Like, I I, I have not received everything that I've asked for, and I actually don't think there's anyone in this room that can say, um, I have received everything that I've asked for in Jesus' name. So we live in this tension, right, of Jesus saying, everything you ask for, you receive, but that our lived experience is actually quite different. Um, and in speaking about that... Um, Caro said that um, in Matthew writing down these words of Jesus, probably what he was intending to do was point us to two things. One is that this is pointing towards Jesus and that Jesus is good. And the second is that it points towards community and that we're a part of a larger group and this isn't a journey that we're supposed to take on our own, but that we're supposed to do it amongst community. So that's the paradox which she explored in a few sentences. Um, and um, I mean, when I was looking at this passage, I was kind of like, is someone going to jump up and be like, how dare you say that Jesus gives you everything that you ask for and you know, what you seek, you find? Because that is our experience, right? That um, there is a tension that we don't always ask for whatever we receive. Um so we're going to listen to a few stories from people tonight, and kind of explore a little bit deeper in an activity later on. Um, but when we sat down as a team to talk about what we're going to do tonight, we realised that um, this passage is um, about relationship with Jesus. That Jesus wants us to be in relationship with Him, and He wants to give us good things, as as a good Father. That He wants us to ask. He wants us to seek. And he wants us to knock. And I think stories can actually be really powerful. Stories can, it can kind of unlock something within us that we hadn't seen before. So as I get people to come up and, or not, but as people come up and do stories, I don't want you to compare your experience to them like, oh, they always get everything they want and I never do. What I want you to do is I want you to ask Jesus, what are you wanting to say to me through this person's story? What are you wanting to show me? Is there something new? So first of all, um, I'm going to ask Becky to come up and talk about ask. So there's a little cool slide. There we go. Um, So there's three people and each one's going to talk about uh, a story from one of these different aspects. So thank you, Becky.
3: Um, Yeah, as soon as we sat down to talk about this, there was a story that came to mind about when I'd been asking God for something. But it started from a pace of kind of grumbling to God. Um, So two years ago, I felt challenged to ask God, like, what did I put above him? Like, what were there things in my life that I was holding on to tighter than I was holding on to God? And one of the things that came to my attention was my laptop. And now this may sound really funny, but like, It was the most expensive thing I had ever owned and my uncle had gone to like amazing lengths to get it to me and like, even though he didn't like Mac, but he was like, okay, I'll buy it for you. Like, so it was like this thing to me that represented like kind of what my family had gone through to give it to me. And I was like, God, no, I'm not, I'm not giving that up. Are you crazy? So for two months, literally two months, I was like, no, God, every time it would come up in worship, I'd be like, no, I'm not doing it. And then finally it came to a point where I made a deal with God. And I was like, okay, God, if today someone comes up to me and says, like, I need a laptop, like, or mentions something about wanting a laptop, then I will give it away. And then, you should never make deals with God. (laughs) That day, I was in conversation with someone, and they were talking about how they had to share their laptop, and it was really annoying, and that having another laptop would be so great. And I was like, oh, well, okay, God spoke to me and said that I should give away my laptop, so I want to give it to you. And so I did. And for a year, like, I was so angry at God. Like, I had to like, watch Netflix on someone else's laptop. And, like, I had to constantly use USBs to transport documents from one place to another to be able to do my work and stuff. And it was really annoying. But like, it wasn't really a major problem, like <laughs> first world problems. But it was like, one of those times where I was just like, so annoyed for no reason. But I really wanted a laptop. So then I was at this youth group in Taraji, and I was leading it and talking about how God guides us into good things. And at the end, we, I kind of like led them in this time of actually spending a moment asking God for what they wanted. And as I sat there, I realized I'd spent the last like year grumbling to God about this laptop, but I never actually asked him for a laptop or like for him to provide. And I mean, I sat there being like, this is never going to happen, like who just does that? But I I spoke it out because I was like, I felt really challenged and I was leading the youth group. So, you know, you can't just ask them to do something you're not willing to do. So I spoke it out and I was like, okay, God, I would really love a laptop. Like, I know I don't need one, but I would really love one. And then a month later, it was Christmas time. Yay. And one thing we do on the YRAM base is like on Christmas Eve, we have a sleepover all together because we're all far away from our families. And then in the next morning, we do secret Santa. So we'd put all our presents under the tree, we'd gone to bed, we woke up, we had an amazing breakfast, and then we dished out the presents, and everyone had got their secret Santa's, I'd already had mine, and then someone noticed that there was one more present left under the tree, and they were like, oh, Becky, it has your name on it. (laughs) I was like, really? Like, who's this from? And like, literally went through and asked everyone, like, do you know where this came from? And everyone's like, no, I literally have no idea. And I was like, this is a bit weird. And then, like, someone hands it to me, and I was like, well, I guess I'll open it. Like, it's got my name on it. And I, like, I took it, and I thought, this feels like weighing scales. Like, this is the weirdest present. And I open it, and inside was a laptop, and I just started crying. (laughs) And, like, it wasn't a moment of, like, I wasn't crying because I'd finally got this laptop. Like, yes, it was exciting. But it was this moment of, like, I actually saw God give me something I wanted, not just what I needed. And, like... Even though I'd given away, like, he still wanted to give back to me. And that was, like, so amazing to me that I just, like, broke down. And and it actually turned out someone was filming me at the time as well, which is great. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, it was just an amazing surprise of asking God for what I actually wanted rather than just grumbling about not having it.
1: Sweet. Thanks, Becky. All right seek seek there we go Aaron, do you want to come on up
2: okay um so my seek story um so i was having to think about this um a couple of weeks ago when we were speaking about it and the initial story that comes to mind was is one that's probably almost 10 years ago, and I remember it's about that far ago because this is when Caitlin was just a little baby and she's now 10 years old, so if my math is correct, <laughs> she should be about 10-ish years ago. And I used to have um, uh, a, quite a good structure, good routine of spending time with God. I'll try to get up uh, half an hour earlier than I normally would uh, every second morning and read the Bible and try to spend some time with God. And for a long time, that worked really well for me. And I would often At that time, I was in that phase of my, I guess, walk with God, where I often feel Him. I feel His presence. I feel His closeness, and and that was good. I got the warm and fuzzies, got the tingle down the spine and things like that. And and that, to me, was spirituality. But I started going through, I guess, what I thought was a drought of that feeling. And some of you might be able to relate with that. All of a sudden, those warm feelings, those tingly feelings, those feelings of closeness to God, start to fade. And then all of a sudden, I'm now getting up at five thirty in the morning, to nothing, and it felt like a big part of me was missing. And at the start, I was just like, "Okay, maybe I'm in, you know, a spiritual slump or something like that," and just got to work my way out of it. But weeks went by, months would go by, and I was just feeling nothing from God, and I was getting frustrated. I was getting angry with God, and and I think I. I've, vaguely remember someone around that period doing a sermon on it's okay to be angry with God he's big enough to take it and so with that in mind I remember there was one morning I was sitting down had the Bible there and I was and I actually I think I was reading this verse that we were talking about as well about um, uh, God saying if I'm a, if you're a good father if you're a good parent and your child asks you for something you'll give it to them how much of a better parent am I I know what to do for you and that that got me pissed, <laughs> to be honest. I was really upset. I was feeling myself getting angrier and angrier and angrier because I was constantly coming and seeking God and finding he was nowhere to be found. And I, in this particular morning, I was, felt myself going down this, this negative black spiral. I was getting angry with God, and then I couldn't feel him. I couldn't feel that warm, fuzzy feeling to kind of lift me back up. And so that would make me angrier. And then because God still wasn't there, I'll go down to that next level and that next level and that next level. And I was just getting angrier and angrier and angrier with God. And I was, and I back to that sermon I heard, I just, started, I just let God have it. I just, everything, every thought that was going in my mind, you know, little Oren <laughs> is just yelling at God, screaming, mostly internally because he didn't want to wake up. Baby Caitlin, of course. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I was just telling him exactly what I was feeling, what I felt like. What kind of father are you? How could you do this? I am a new dad. I know that if my daughter cries, I go to her. If she cries out, I go to her and I give her what she needs. I don't expect her to come walking downstairs and at six months old go, hey, got a pooey nappy I need changing or something like that. I go to her and work out what she needs and she just calls out and I am there for her. Where are you, God? If I can do that as a father, you're supposed to be a better father than me. How come you can't do that for me? And I was just getting darker and darker and darker. And then I believe God spoke to me. And I believe God spoke to me in that moment because in that mess of emotion and negativity, it's, I had this, it was almost like this thought, it wasn't an audio, audio, audible voice, but it was, just, it was almost like this laser that just cut right through all that crap that was circling around my head and went straight to my heart. And it's probably the most clearest I've ever felt God's presence or heard his voice, however you want to explain that. And, and this is what God said to me. He goes, yes, I am your father and I love you very much. But this life that we're in at the moment, it's, it's like you're still a baby within the womb. And a father in, can only interact with their baby so much when it's still in the womb. It is, there is still a barrier there. You can hear my voice, but it might be muffled. You can kind of feel my presence, but it's not as strong. But one day in the life, when you are in heaven with me, you will feel my full glory. I'll hold you. I will be the Father. I'll give you everything you hoped for, everything that you wanted. But in that moment, in this life right here, there is that barrier there. And that's, I think, exactly what I needed to hear at that time. It gave me that excitement explanation it helped me understand there is there are reasons why god might seem distant at the time Uh, there are reasons why we might not have our prayers answered and it also put me on the path to realize that there are other ways to seek god as well other than just the warm the tingly feelings as well a relationship with god is that it's a relationship it's not about just you know i get a little boost of tingles and then away i go feeling good about my life into whatever else I do uh, with the rest of my time. And so I think it was that path that then did start me on seeking other ways to experience God and to eventually to what I'm doing now and studying theology and things like that as well. And so I think in those times of what might seem like drought as well, it does inside us call us to seek harder, to yearn more, to scream out to God, sometimes aggressively, sometimes very immaturely. But in that I believe God will meet us and show us and give us what we need seek there as well even if it might not be exactly what we are asking for there is an answer in that anyway so that's my seek story thanks
1: all right and i'd like to call jade to the stand for yep the next witness of jesus for knock. knock
0: um When I was thinking about knocking, I actually felt to, um, was chatting to Becky about it, um, to do it from a different angle of, um, God, like knocking on my door. And we were thinking about knocking on a door, um, being like, um, the next step to a, maybe a direction, like a door opening to something new. Um, so if that's okay, we'll just look at it, um, in that way for this, this one, um, So, yeah, I first felt God knocking on my heart when I was 15, um, hanging out on a train station, and, um, yeah, craziness, drinking drugs, and, um, yeah, we lost my friend um, to a, he jumped, we don't know what happened, but he got hit by a train, and so there was a lot of us who'd congregate on this train station, and the local church saw the need of all these grieving, grieving young people, and they reached out to us. Um, and that's how I came to know Jesus um, and had a profound, like, experience of God's presence right then. Um, and the second knock I felt, or the first knock towards a, a direction change, um, was when people started talking to me about missions. And um, there was a number of people who said, oh, you should do missions. And I'm like, what's this missions thing, you know? Um, I, yeah, did not have a church background, so was not really familiar with that. Um, yeah, so then, yeah, I was thinking, thinking about missions, and then at the same time, I was hanging out with um, this beautiful Ghanaian family. The dad was a pastor. The mom worked in, in, um, in care work, and I remember talking to them about missions, and the dad said to me, do not do missions. And he's like, the spiritual warfare will like take you out, basically. Um, so I was like, he, he said it in his love for me, but because he was a pastor as well, I thought, well, if a pastor says that I shouldn't do missions, then I probably shouldn't do missions. <laughs> um, so he suggested that I um, do some care work with his wife and that was something that I wanted to do. Um, and I ended up instead... Not working with her, but working in in care in the community for the elderly and like disabled for a few years. Um, yeah, but then God came to knock again, and I was in church, and this couple came to talk about a missions conference in Germany, and this lady came up to me afterwards, the wife um, of the couple, and she said. Now, lovely, I don't usually do this, but I really think you should have a look at this conference. I think you should go. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Mixture of accents. (laughs) I was trying to be Welsh. (laughs) (laughs) Hiya, lovely. they say, hiya, how's it going? Hiya, love. She was very Welsh-y, she was. Uh, So she talks to me about... Yeah, brings to my attention, like, really think about this. Um, And at the same time, some of the kids in in Sunday school had drawn on these verses, on these cards, and they were just handing out them to people after the service. So as I was talking to this lady, this little girl comes and passes me the card, and on mine has, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways, and he will direct your path. So I was like this seems like God is like speaking to me. This is feels really significant. Um, yeah. So off I go on my own at 20 to Germany, flying for the first time, like alone um, and ended up at the most incredible missions conference. Um, seeing people that go to some of the hardest places in the world and seeing this passion for Jesus that I didn't know like existed, like that people were so crazy in love with Jesus, and they were everywhere all around me. Um, and, yeah, that along with just seeing God take me by the hand every step of the way just built my faith so much, and I realized that, yeah, I think God is speaking to me about missions. And, yeah, so I decided to... Come to Australia 10 years ago in September to do a DTS, and I, you know, here I am. I've done like loads of amazing things, and it hasn't been like an easy journey following following God um, and responding to this knock. Um, Like, as many of you would know, like in between all that, I lost my mum to cancer, I had cancer, gone through some tough stuff, Um, but following God and his call as being, like, the best thing that I could do. Um, Yeah, so that's my story.
1: Thanks, Jade. So good to hear stories. So good to just have people share, um, yeah, God doing things in their life. Uh, But there's a problem, isn't there? And the problem is the paradox, and if you weren't here last week, I'd really encourage you um, to listen to Kara's talk on the podcast. I, I did this week, because uh, I was on Kids Stretch last week, and it's really, really good, um, and she really delves into the paradox um, of, of the holding the tension really, really well. But I have a story of my own, well it's not my own, it's my dad's story, and um, Some of you will know that my dad um, was diagnosed with osteoarthritis about 18 years ago. Um, And so for him that meant, well, what that is, in case you don't know, is that the cartilage in his hip joints had worn away so that instead of the cartilage making it really smooth, it was bone on bone. And that's apparently really, really painful. Um, So he had three hip replacements Three because one worked out really well, but the next one that he got replaced didn't um, and was really complicated, and so he had to have a third one as well as several other surgeries for related stuff um, to fix him up. Um, But 18 years later, he still is not healed. Um, And for my dad, he was someone who loved camping, he loved bushwalking, he played soccer into his 40s. Um, and he was he 's a horticulturalist, so he was outside in the gardener, like all the time. so for him, like his world really shrunk because any kind of movement for him meant um, a lot of pain. Uh, so I watched my dad really struggle with this tension that um, that Caro talked about of of asking Jesus to do something and still having not received an answer of healing to that um, and he like there are a lot of people that offered to pray for him. There was family members and friends that would often um, pray and they went to, you know, like uh, prayer meetings and healing things for, you know, people that were known to um, have like a healing ministry. And time after time again, uh, he would not find healing through those things. So for him, I know that he has struggled with this tension of, Wanting something of really needing something, and then Jesus being quite silent and not knowing why. And I think I'd say to you guys that I don't have an answer to that. I don't. I wish I could say this is why, and like it's all sweet. But it is attention, it is a paradox that Jesus says, seek and you'll find, ask and you'll receive, knock and the door will be opened. But actually. What we experience is quite different to that. We definitely have a good God, and I don't think that that's up for, like, that's not what we're debating here tonight. God is good, and he wants to give us good things. Um, But we want to acknowledge that there are probably a lot of us sitting in that same place where perhaps my dad has been, of being like, what does this mean? What does this mean that I am crying out to God to do something in my life to find change and feeling like God is being silent in that? We want to to acknowledge that, particularly in light of three awesome stories of how God has come through that for some of us that hasn't been in our experience. And as we do our activity tonight, I want you to just, we want to hold that as well. We don't just want to celebrate the good and pretend that you know, things are all good and all right. Um, we know that people live in the tension of of God not answering those things. So I want to share two, two thoughts with you um, as we go into that, to this activity um, to help us maybe reconcile some of that. Um, and the first is that I was having a conversation with um, a friend or just a guy this week. Um, he's like in his mid-20s and he is... Struggling with his faith a bit, and just I guess wanted to like talk to someone about that um, and and get a bit of answers. But he was looking for change in his life. Um, I guess he was in some like negative patterns and was really looking for change and for good things. Um, and as I was talking to him and coming towards the end of the conversation, the thing that I said to him was this: I said, "Jesus wants to have a relationship with you. Jesus wants you to come to Him, um, and it's kind of like you're wanting to skip to the change part. It's like you're wanting to kind of go around relationship with him and just and wanting change because he'd said that he was like, you know, he was kind of like mm, about Jesus. And he'd had a faith background and this was like a faith conversation. So, um, you know, I was talking to him about relationship with Jesus and saying he, he invites you to come to him. And I think one of the things that we can do about prayer especially about things that we really are wanting and seeking, is that we can skip the relationship part. Is that we can say to God, Jesus, I want this right now. I want to be healed. I want change or whatever it is that we want and kind of go straight to the result. Whereas what I think and what Kara was talking about last week as well is that I think Jesus wants us to come to him and do relationship. Like that poem that she was talking about last week of sitting and watching the fire, of, of going off someplace, of, of crying, of swearing, of getting angry. And that's okay because Jesus wants us to relate to him no matter what it is that we feel. And I think that's, that's the first thought that I want to leave you with, is that it's, it's good to go to Jesus in relationship in the, un, in the unknown to not just try to get to the result, but to walk with him. Some of you will know as well that um, last year I ended a relationship that I was in. And at the beginning of this year, I went on a little sabbatical trip down to Victoria and then South Australia. And once I was kind of on my own and had some space, the first thing that like, kind of came to me was just this, like, almost blaming Jesus of me thinking I have thinking I have this future ahead of me and then that being taken away. And I actually, it was actually, I had to really try and it was really hard, but just say to Jesus, I feel like you've let me down. I feel like, I thought I had this plan. I thought I had all these things and that's been taken away. And it was actually really hard for me just to be completely vulnerable and weak and verbalize that to Jesus. But actually in doing that, that was the way to freedom for me and It made me realize that if I really believe that Jesus is good, if I really believe that he had good things for me, that maybe he has something better for me around the corner. But I had to really trust Jesus in that moment, that I didn't know what was coming next, and I didn't know what my future would hold, but I had to trust that Jesus is good. I had to trust that he had good things for my life. And the second thought is this, and it's a quick-ish one. We're amongst people that really love and genuinely care for each other. And I think part of Jesus' plan in answering prayers is that he wants to involve each other in our lives, that he wants to do it in community. Sometimes the answer to prayer is right in front of us and it's a person. It's interesting in that a couple of those stories that we heard tonight that that involved other people being a part of those stories. It involved people being the answer to that. And I think Jesus has designed us to be in community, to be vulnerable with each other, to cry together, to be in pain with each other, and for that to be a way, a journey of moving towards answer or moving towards a kind of resolution. Um, It doesn't always end up like that. But I think that's how Jesus wanted us to be. That's why he gave us church, so that we could be in each other's lives and be at least some part of an answer for each other as we journey together, and as we do it through the good stuff, but also through the really hard stuff. So those are the two thoughts. Here's what we're doing tonight to kind of round off. There are three tables around the side of the room. This one is Sikh. This one is knock and this one is ask. And what we want to do is um, one of the stories tonight may have just, uh, you know, resonated within you in some way or maybe it brought some kind of memory or some kind of thought for your own life. What we want you to do is we want you to go to one of these tables, the one that kind of resonated with you the most, and just write down a prayer or a thought for yourself. So for... Asking, it might be like, um, Jesus, I want healing for this part of my life. Or for knock, it might be, I'm seek- like I'm wanting a particular direction and I need your help with that. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, so to go pick up a pen and a piece of paper, find somewhere and just spend some time writing down what it is you are asking or seeking or knocking. And then we're going to do something kind of fun. Um, so once you've done that, Move to the edges of the room, and you can do one of two things: you can scrunch a piece of paper up, or you can fold it into a paper aeroplane. Um, and it's anonymous, so leave your name off it. And then once everyone's around the edge of the room, the idea is that we're all going to throw them into the middle of the room, and then you're going to go pick up another piece of another someone else's piece of paper. Don't know who it is, but you're just going to pray whatever it is in that piece of paper. On behalf of that person, and we're doing that because we just want to be a people that do pray for each other, and um, to be doing that together. And it's kind of cool that we don't know who who each other is as well. Like that's because that's just part of the mystery of praying, and um, and you know, of just not really knowing who it is, but trusting that God will work through our prayers. So we're going to do that, and then. so once you've picked up your piece of paper, find a place in the room to sit and just pray for a few minutes. And then at the end of that time, Chris and Becca are going to come up and, and do a final song with us together. Um, but if you also just, if you would particularly like prayer for something tonight, if something has resonated or something in your week is just, you've, you've just felt like you are really needing prayer at the moment, um, then there are people here to pray for you. Um Cheryl might want to pray for you or Oren might pray for you um, down the front or there's the person next to you as well. So if you want prayer, then get prayer because um, it's good to pray for each other. It's good to be vulnerable. It's good to be a part of each other's lives.
0: Thanks for listening. If you want to check out more about Central, visit us at centralchurch.org.au. Music by Chris D'Souza beloved member of
1: Central.